Buddies. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. Thank you for the Outstanding Ohio Show. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, thank you for turning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This is episode 60. And tonight, my guest is Satoli Glassmeyer, who is the president of History in Your Own Backyard. And it's a very neat video series, nice website that I'm sure he's going to take us through and tell us what it's about. Uh, Mr. Glassmeyer, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, if you could share with the audience a little bit of your background, uh, you've got a pretty extensive about section on your website but if you could give a little background on your where you grew up in ohio and how how your interest in history has evolved over the course of your life to your current project sure sure um i was uh basically raised in cincinnati ohio on the west side price of western hills area and when i was a kid and even into my high school years i really didn't have much of an interest in history. Um, I didn't care about the Magna Carta or the War of 1812, but I was a big bicycle enthusiast. And I would typically uh, go out and ride my bike up to 100 miles on a Saturday. I'd take uh, bicycle tours up to Oxford or out to Versailles, Indiana, or take the ferry across the river and ride around in northern Kentucky. And when I did these trips, I would go through small towns that still had a lot of their historic buildings. This was back in the mid-1970s. And I fell in love with these old buildings and the architecture. And that always stuck with me over the years. And through a series of transitions as I got older, um, I guess it was about seven or eight years ago, I started... Uh, to produce a series of tour guide booklets for people to use while they were driving. I produced 24 different tour guide booklets uh, all throughout western Hamilton County and southeastern Indiana. And they they were pretty detailed. They would say, like, travel 2.3 miles down Harrison Avenue, turn right on Eagle Creek Road. And as you drove down these roads, In the tour guide booklets, there would be information about all the historic buildings that you would drive past, uh, whether they were the old churches or one-room schoolhouses or whatever, and there would be a picture with information about each of these historic buildings. Well, the booklets were nice, and they they were a lot of fun to produce, but I soon found out that people really didn't read much anymore, and everybody was asking me, why don't you go to video? That way we can see these videos on YouTube. We don't have to leave the house. We can see everything on YouTube and just go from there. So a little over four years ago, I started the production of these videos, which is History in Your Own Backyard. Um, in four years, I've produced a little over 325 videos on everything from one-room schoolhouses to cathedrals, uh, cemeteries, the airports, to historic people. And I'm doing the project for three main reasons. One is to educate the younger generation about these sites so that when these kids grow up, they'll maintain what we leave behind Two is to educate the general public about these sites because most people from Florida or Texas, they don't even have a clue 
what buildings are in the tri-state area that are historic. And then three, the really neat part about this project is that all of these videos are going to be archived in the state libraries in Columbus, Ohio, Frankfort, Kentucky, and Indianapolis, Indiana. So the generations 100 years from now can look back and see what existed in 2018, even if we lose these buildings to fires or storms or progress in the meantime. So if you can imagine if someone would have done a project like this 100 years ago, back in 1918, and they produced one or two or even 3,000 documentaries on historic buildings and towns and people back in 1918, and we had that video database to look at now, it would be a national treasure. It really would. So that, that's the whole idea uh, about the project how it originally got started. That, that's, that's really neat. We, uh, I didn't tell you this at the beginning uh, when I called you. Uh, we live actually in one of the old one-room schoolhouses at Oxford. Oh, do you? Yeah, we live in schoolhouse number five, and it's, it's had quite a history as a, first as a schoolhouse and as a, it's been a residence since, it, since 1918, but it's, there's, there was a local sporting goods store that was run out of the basement here. So a lot of the locals know it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I, I, I understand the, the one room schoolhouse fascination and I'm, I'm pretty good at spotting them. And Southwest yeah. Ohio has a real wealth of schoolhouses that are still up and standing and they're they're You just see them and I see them on drives all the time. And it's, I always say, Hey boys, look, it's a, it's an old one room schoolhouse. And, it, it, I agree with you with the with the preservation piece. Yeah, it, it, and like you were saying, if you know what to look for now that you've lived in one, they just pop out as you're driving down the road. Um, over here where I live now in Dearborn County, Indiana, at one time there was over 75 one-room schoolhouses in the county, but there's still about 30 that exist in the county, and if you know where to look, you can find them. Um, I've got a, an old atlas from 1869 of the entire state of Indiana. It's broken down by counties. And on each of the uh, atlas pages for each of the counties, it shows the exact location of each schoolhouse, um, mill, or cooperage shop that was in each of these counties. And if you know where to look, you can still find foundations or walls or entire buildings. Um, from the mid 1800s, it's pretty fascinating. But that that's neat that you still got a one room schoolhouse to live in. Yeah. Uh, is it brick or is it stone? Or uh, it's it it is brick. It's been covered up with stucco, and uh-huh. and it it's got a stone foundation. So okay. yeah, yeah, very neat. Yeah, they are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so if we could backtrack a little bit. Uh, if, could you tell the audience a little bit? You said you grew up in Cincinnati. What what was life like? What was your family life like? Who were some of your role models when you were growing up? Role models, um, you may remember, and the younger generation may not have even heard of the guy, but um, back on Sunday mornings, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, there was a uh, short TV program on one of the news channels. It was called On the Road with Charles Kroll. 
and Charles Carroll was a news reporter that I believe it was a Winnebago that he drove around the country in. And Charles Carroll would stop in these small towns like Oxford, and he would just walk into a coffee shop or a general store and start talking to people. And that was the whole premise behind his uh, entire TV show. He'd spend, you know, 10 or 15 minutes talking to people and what it all comes down to is everybody's got a story, just like they have on one of the news channels now. And uh, if you just walk up and start talking to people, it's amazing what they'll tell you and the history behind it, you know, whether it's their life in particular or where they grew up uh, or, or whatever. But yeah, Charles Crawl, I was a big fan of his when I was a kid. I guess that's, that's what finally brought me to where I'm at today. Um, but as far as my family life, you know, like I said, we grew up on the west side of Cincinnati, just a middle-class family, nothing special. Um, you know, two cars, mom, dad, and five kids. Hmm. That's, that's about it. That's about wow. as exciting as it got. <laughs> and where, where did you go to school, and what did you do professionally before you, you took this path of to the history in your own backyard? Um, great school, St. Teresa. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a uh, documentary video here next month on the church, St. Teresa Catholic Church, and uh, high school is Western Hills High School. Um, as far as uh, a profession before this, my entire life, basically, I did sheet metal fabrication. So it had nothing to do with history. Uh, it had nothing to do with video. You know, once I decided to go down this uh, path with video production, it was all self-taught. Um, you know, it, it didn't have anything to do with my former background. I see. You have a you have a tagline that's very interesting in your videos, and if if you could share that with the audience and how that came about, um, sure. and maybe it's related to even your tour guide booklets yeah. that you had started out with. Yeah, um, it, 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 we always end each of the, uh, the videos with travel slowly stop often. And that came from a journalist way back in 1921. Uh, his name escapes me now, but um, he uh, would write stories about traveling around the country. And um, in one of his stories, he was talking about how people, this is back in 1921 now, how people were in such a hurry to travel down the road and get from one town to the next that they really didn't enjoy their time on the road. And um, that line popped up in, in that particular story where he said, travel slowly and stop often. And I thought that was, uh, that was you know, a pretty good tagline for what I'm doing. Especially, you know, if you think back to 1921, if people were in a hurry back then, you look at people now in 2018 as they zoom down the highway and, you know, bypass everything that, that's worth looking at. But um, if it, all you have to do is get on the back roads and take the old state routes and stop in the little towns, and there's so much history out there to be found. Uh, I tell people you don't need to go to Boston or Europe to see history. It's right there in your own neighborhood. Right. All you have to do is look for it. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm blessed with the fairly tolerant wife and, and my kids enjoy I 
I do exactly what you just recommended very often in our travels is not trying not to take the interstates and taking state routes and U.S. routes. And you're right. It's just amazing that the things that you see in your travels and, um, yeah, sometimes we stop and sometimes we don't, but just the, the chance to even just slow down and go through those towns and see what life's like is, yeah. um, is something very neat. And we've often discovered, you, you talk about those hidden treasures that sometimes you discover these hidden treasures that you, you circle back and can travel to it another time, just write it down and, and circle back to it. And um, it, it's actually how I've got a lot of the podcast interviews um their origins are I saw them on one of these back road travels and it's, oh, that's neat. So kind of wrote it down and then, and then reached out after we had stopped and such. So uh, it's, it's a great message that you you don't have to be in a hurry. You could slow down and and just take a look at things. Yeah. Well, you know, last month or back in June, um, I took a little vacation out to Iowa and nobody goes to Iowa for vacation but me. And uh, the trip should have been one way to get out there by expressway. It should have been seven hours. Um, but I took the back roads and the old state routes and it ended up taking me two days and 16 hours of driving. But I got a chance to see some of the coolest sites out there. And, and one of the really neat things I saw, I was going through a small town, I uh, don't even remember the name, but I know it didn't even have a traffic light in it. It was that small. But they had an old school building there. And I don't know if you remember the old fire escape slides that they used to have on schoolhouses. Hmm. It was like a metal tube that was attached to the side of the building where the kids would come out the window, jump in the tube, and slide down this encapsulated tube all the way down to the ground. Um, I found a few buildings like that. Well, this building, this old school building, had not one, not two, but three of these slides (laughs) on it. I've never seen a building with three slides. I've seen with one or two, but this one actually had three slides. So that that was probably the highlight of my trip to go out to Iowa. I know it doesn't do a lot for other people, but it it was a big thing for me. (laughs) That's... That's really neat. So it sounds like we we have that in common for sure. Uh, Something I'm I'm very curious about, Satoli, is your process. And I'm sure it's multifaceted, so you probably have to pick out a project and do some research on it. So if you could perhaps speak to that and then what it it takes to produce it and then release it to the public as the the second part of that or what other other parts may be involved with that. Sure. Um, the process, it, sometimes it's quick and easy, but usually it, it's pretty long and, and tough. Um, typically, you know, I'll, I'll go into a county and I'll contact the, uh, the local town council to see if I can do a presentation for them about the project, see if the town is even interested. So it takes, a, it takes some time before, you know, I can get you know, the agenda, in on the agenda, and then I'll do a presentation to the town council. And usually half the time they say, yeah, let's go ahead and do this documentary. And um, we'll sit down with either one of the local town council members or a local town historian and get their idea on what they want to talk about. Um, 
sometimes uh, the local mayors, they want to talk about, you know, their new sidewalks and sewers and schools, and I always tell them that it's, it's not about that. You know, we're not doing a commercial here, um, because if anybody sees a video like that, they're going to click off of it within the first 20 seconds. Nobody's going to watch a, a video about new sewers in your town. But if you talk about the uniqueness of your town, what your town was built on, and some of the unique stories about your town, um, people will watch it. Like we just did one on Georgetown, Ohio, uh, a few months ago, where General Grant actually grew up. His boyhood home is out there. And the man that we interviewed, he uh, told us several very, very interesting stories about General Grant as he was a boy in that town. And um, that, that's what it's all about, getting the story so that people are brought into the interest of the town. And um, basically, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, once we get started, you know, um, we'll come in and uh, set up the cameras and we'll interview whoever it is about the history of the town or a specific building. The interviews take about 15 or 30 minutes. And we try and shoot three or four videos in a day just, you know, to make it worth our while to, because some of these video shoots are over 100 miles from our home base. And um, so we'll shoot the video, and then it takes about two or three weeks to edit the video. Uh, once we're done, whoever the sponsor of the video is, whether it's the property owner or the town of uh, Georgetown or whoever, they get the master copy of the video. They can do anything they like with it. They can make copies of it. They can put it on their website or their Facebook page or whatever. What I do with the video, um, I post it onto our YouTube channel. It's called History in Your Own Backyard, where all the other 300-plus videos are, are placed. That way, everybody has a chance to see the video. Then that video is linked up to my website database where the videos are broken down by state, county, and town. All the schools in that particular county are sent a link for the video so that the history teachers can share it with their students. That same link is sent to all the mayors and council members of that particular county and the surrounding counties so that they can share it with their residents. It goes on to a Google Maps page where people can click on any of the pinpoints to see a video in that exact location. And then, like I said earlier, eventually it will end up at the state library in whatever state it's in so that generations down the road can look back and see what life was like in 2018. So that's pretty – the hard part is getting it set up. Um, you know, getting the logistics down, but after we get there to shoot the video, it, it all falls into place pretty quickly. Okay. Now, how do you decide what what project to take on? Is it is it a particular interest of yours? Is someone in, make an inquiry to you? A combination of of the it's two? A, it's a combination. I'm open. I've got a list that I send to. Uh, the potential towns or whatever, and I guess there's almost a hundred different items on that list, and they can range from everything from historic churches to bridge abutments of covered bridges that were washed away a hundred years ago to general stores or, or whatever, and um, 
they they get to pick and choose all kinds of theorem into what I think they should do the video on um, for several reasons. One, um, chances are a particular structure may not be around much longer, and it's good to get it on video before we do lose it. And then two, you want to do a video on something that will have an interest to a lot of people. Um, if you do a, a video on uh, a building that not many people know about and not many people have much of an interest in, chances are it won't get too many views. So you, you want to get uh, buildings out there that are of particular interest, like the courthouse. Um, most people are familiar with the courthouse and their county seat, and most people have been in their local courthouse at one time or another for, you know, whether it's wedding records or, or whatever. So you want to pick important buildings. Um, but over the years, I've done, like I said, I've done videos for a little over four years now, and out of the 300-plus videos I've done, Probably 10 or 12 of the structures that I videotaped are now gone. Hmm. Um, they, they've burnt to the ground or they've been demolished or, or whatever. And, yeah, they're, they're gone forever. So, um, you know, it, it's good that we got in there to videotape some of these structures before they were lost because if not, all you have is, uh, the written word on these structures and also some photographs. Okay. I imagine this is a hard one to pick out and, and maybe you don't have a top choice. Maybe you have a couple top choices. What are, do you have a favorite of all the videos you've shot? <laughs> Everybody asks me that. Everybody <laughs> does. And they're, they're, you're right. There's just so many to choose from. But um, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories. It was about a year or two ago. We did a documentary video on the courthouse over in Rush County in Rushville, Indiana. And um, we, the courthouse takes up the entire uh, square block. It's about three stories tall. And then it has a bell tower that goes up about another 90 feet above the three stories. So we did the interview down in one of the lower offices down below, and after we got done, one of the people at the courthouse, they asked me if I wanted to go up into the bell tower to see the bell and the clock, hmm. and I said, yeah. So um, myself and my interviewer, uh, we, we started going upstairs, you know, and in my mind, I'm thinking that we're just going to climb stairs to get up to the bell tower and I wasn't thinking of how tall this thing really was <laughs> well the first two flights they were stairs you know steps with railings no big deal and then after that we started climbing aluminum ladders and some of these ladders were like almost 20 feet from one floor to the next <laughs> I've got camera equipment I'm not big on heights and we're climbing up so we keep climbing and climbing and climbing. We finally get up to the top, and um, we got shots of the bell and the clock up there. And at, at the very top where the bell is situated, there, there's a wooden floor, and, you know, the floorboards are pretty thick. But in some of the boards, there's two-inch gaps where you can look down five stories. <laughs> <laughs> so... That, that was kind of 
unnerving. And then the hard part was walk, getting back down all those ladders. You know, like I said, I'm not big on heights. So we had to come back down all these ladders. and It, 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 was, it was a project, but we made it. About three days later, the county calls me up, and they want me to go back up in the bell tower to get some different shots. <laughs> and I said, no. I said, I'll never go back up in that bell tower again. I said, I'll give somebody else my camera equipment. They can go up and get the shots, but I will never go back up there again. <laughs> so, but it's, it's just stories like that. And it's, it's really cool stuff because, you know, we get to see things that, most people will never get the chance to see. Um, we did a video on a church over in Oldenburg, Indiana, last year, and I didn't know it until we actually did the interview, but the original uh, priest for the church there is buried in a crypt underneath the altar. And if you go down into the basement, there's his crypt down there. I mean, it's all covered up, you know, and hmm. closed and encapsulated. But yeah, he's, he's buried right there under the church, and you can see it. Um, but it's, it's unusual things like that. There are some things that we see um, where we're asked not to photograph uh, just because um, it may be valuable or may be questionable. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of stories that we keep to ourselves. What kind of crew do you have, Satoli, that helps you out with the video, the editing, and the production? Uh, it would be me and my two cats. Okay. And, uh, that, that's it. Um, now, I do have several people that do the interviews for me. Okay. You know, I'm the guy behind the camera. Okay, that's that's what I've seen before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got Susie Selleck and Scott Borders and a couple of other people. They'll get in front of the camera and actually do the interviews, and they're great. They're really good. Um, but sometimes if they can't make it, I have to do the interviews myself, and that, that, that doesn't make for a good video, so I try to make sure that they're available when we do the video shoot. Okay. Now, what, what upcoming projects do you have? Upcoming projects. This weekend, actually, this coming Saturday, we're going to be in Wayne County, Indiana, doing a documentary on the history of a very small town called Greens Fork. Um, it's, I guess, the population might be three or 400 tops. Um, it's a really small town. Last weekend, we were down in Carroll County, Kentucky. Uh, we did a video on the history of Gent, which is another small town. Uh, we also did a video on the Masterson House, which is oldest house on the Ohio River between Cincinnati and Louisville, and we did a video on the Second Gent Baptist Church. Um, so there's just, you know, a wide variety of videos that we do, and we, we don't do videos every week. Sometimes we're off for a week or whatever, but we typically do our, do our videos on Saturdays and take our drives and get the videos done. Okay. If anyone in the audience wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? Website, YouTube channel, how, how could they sure. do that? Um, it, they can either go to our website, it's historyinyourownbackyard.com. Um, all of our content.
contact information is on there, the address, phone number. Um, there's also links to our uh, YouTube channel and our Facebook page. Everything is historyinyourownbackyard.com. And um, I have a uh, Facebook page, History in Your Own Backyard. Uh, every time we post a video on YouTube, that video is reposted to the Facebook page. And we try, since we've got over 300 videos now, we try to repost older videos on that Facebook page every day just so that we have something new for people to see. Um, but basically, that's the best way is to go to our website, historyinyourbackyard.com. Terrific. Well, I greatly appreciate you coming on the show today and telling us about about the great work you're doing. Oh, thanks. And thanks for keeping that one-room schoolhouse going. You know, it's um, nothing – I tell everybody, nothing lasts forever. And it's, it's important to maintain these buildings as much as we can. I've got a picture of downtown Cincinnati that was taken in 1843 from the Kentucky side on the other side of the Ohio River. And that's, what, 175 years ago. If you look at the picture, every structure in Cincinnati at that time is now gone. Hmm. And the buildings that replace those buildings, 90% of those buildings are now gone. So chances are all the buildings in Cincinnati that are standing now, uh, whether it be the Crew Tower or the Purple People Bridge or whatever, in 175 years, chances are all those structures are going to be gone. So it's important to get these on video for future generations just so that they understand uh, what we were so fortunate to enjoy back in 2018. Well, that's that's a great note to leave it off on. So, yeah. so Toy, if you can hold the line, I'm going to sign off here in a moment. Sure. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This was episode number 60 with Satoli Glassmeyer, who is the president of the History in Your Own Backyard project. And we will have links in the show notes to his website. Thank you for tuning in and have a great day.